Veronica has her sword, Tom has his laser, and I have my mind. And a mind needs books and this podcast as a sword needs a whetstone if it's to keep its edge. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support and sharpen your mind. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. And I just want to get it out of the way. I'm not drinking anything interesting. I'm, I'm, I, I legitimately chose a San Pellegrino so that I would not just be drinking tap water. Well, I mean, I'm just glad you're hydrated. I am. I am. That was a big gulp. I heard a big gulp there. That's that proved to everyone how hydrated <laughs> I am. I am drinking a Fernie Brewing Hazy Pale Ale Headwall. Is that a beer? <laughs> I heard yes, ale. It's a hazy... So it must be a, must must be. Why is it a headwall? What's the headwall part? I think that's like the name headwall. It's oh, like got okay. um, headwall mountains on it. Fernie Brewing. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. How headwall. Is it? It's fine. Um, I went to the BCL, the the um, the liquor store, and mm-hmm. they only, pretty much exclusively at this point in the year, are only selling like IPA or like pale ales, IPAs, mm-hmm. like the hoppiest hoppies. Uh, or um, or you've got to get like Canadian, like the just some yeah. lager or something, right? Yeah, those are your two yeah. choices. Yeah, okay. And so uh, Ryan was like, "Why didn't you buy me any beer I like?" Because he likes he doesn't <laughs> like hoppy beer. Uh-huh. And I'm like, "I'm sorry, you live basically in the Pacific Northwest now. Like yeah. this is your life." If I'm you're sorry. in Vancouver, maybe you could get something fancy. Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, that's how I think now. Apparently, yeah. That, I'm no. sure. I'm just, I'm just guessing, but I'm sure that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's fine. I finished it already, so I have nothing else to drink. So I'm just going to be thirsty and have weird mouth sounds for the rest of the show. <laughs> hey, ASMR fans, enjoy. Oh, don't do that to people. That's horrible. Uh, sh- 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 I-, I almost moved us along. That's your job. But I'm trying to stop you from making weird mouth sounds. <laughs> All right, it's time for the quick burns. Tassie Dave. Uh, reminded us all because Tassie Dave is, I, I'm going to say official historian, not unofficial. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Tassie Dave reminded us that Sword and Laser Book Club turned 15 years old on the 15th of October. Oh my gosh. I love how I completely missed that. It's our that is amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Uh, Sword and Laser was started October 15th, 2007. Veronica created the Sword and Laser Ning Forum on that day. Uh, which housed our community before we moved to Goodreads and Discord. Uh, And then October 16th, 2007, was the first Sword and Laser book pick announcement, Uh, The Golden Compass, a.k.a. Northern Lights. Uh, And Tassie Dave pointed out that (laughs) on your 15-year anniversary, it's crystal. So dilithium crystal for me, dark crystal for Veronica. That is so awesome. Thank you, Tassie Dave. That is Thank you for the memories. Yes. I love it. Thank you for linking to the blog post. It's that's that's so amazing. I always say like, oh, we've been doing the, you know, the the I mean, the podcast came a little bit laser. Laser. Later. Like, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, I'm sorted did. <laughs> 
Uh, the podcast came a little bit after. <laughs> yes. Um, but the book club, yeah, 15 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. To us. And to you. us. And to you. To you all who have been here for Without almost you, the whole time. Without you, the Swazers <laughs> or whatever. We didn't, get, we didn't get a whole lot of suggestions on that. I think maybe it's just up to us to kind of yeah. decide. In, in K-pop, it's usually the, uh, the band, the group that names, you know, for La Seraphim, it's your, you are fear knots for BTS. It's army. So yeah, we'll, we'll put our heads together. Okay. All right. So they get to, I feel like that's not to decide. I feel like that's like, so like when you hike, you get a trail name, Mm -hmm. but you're not supposed to pick your trail name. Your trail name is supposed to be given to you. Yeah, so we are giving the name to the audience. But I feel like they should be deciding what they but want to be. But that would be like you picking your own trail name. Mm. Okay. Okay. If if listening to this show is like a long hike. So if like listening to the show is like the PCT and our <laughs> listeners are through hikers. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. they would not name themselves. They would right. be named by... Other, but they would be named by other hikers, and that's us. So they should be we're the first. Are we the we're, other we're hikers? The we're the first hikers. hikers. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. I can get behind that. I suppose, though, right. if they do come up with a good suggestion, I may go with that. Oh, we'll definitely take the suggestions <laughs> for sure. I do love. I have been known to love a good suggestion. So mm, yeah, I, because I, I'm lazy. I can attest to that. Lazy. Sword and lazy. lazy. We almost named this. All right. Well, that's the name of this episode. So write that down while I read Tamahome's messages. Uh, Tamahome says more awards. The finalists are in for for uh, Mark Lawrence's eight SFPBO self published fantasy blog off. Uh, Tamahome says, actually, I can't find a great web page listing the finalists yet, but this explains the award. This is how I found about it. I found out about it. Bookborn. Um, Oh, I guess this is like multiple messages at time. Is this like a, this feels it's like just a, a discord, but this a is a stream one, of consciousness yeah, from possibly, Tamahome. Possibly, okay. Okay. Yeah. Live, right, updates. live updates. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Tom. Thank you. That's Tom. a live update from Tamahome, by yeah, the way. About the live updates. Okay. So let's pretend let's go back, read this as though Tamahome is having a realization. Okay. More awards. The finalists are in for Mark Lawrence's eighth PSFPBO self-published fantasy blog off. Actually, I can't find a great webpage listing the finalists yet, uh, but this explains the award. This is how I found out about it, Bookborn. Oh, I, I guess the finalists are still being compiled. There's three so far. Oh, you <laughs> how he has a self-published sci-fi award. PSFC.org. Iron, Tr- Iron Truth by S.A. Tholen was the 2021 winner. Uh, that is a Swedish person I found out from Tamahome earlier today. Mm, hmm. Mm hmm. Um, so that is, that was the, did I, did I feel like I, I did them justice. Yeah. No, the, that, that second take, that was good. Yeah. That was better. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You, you, you understood the assignment. I understood the assignment. Tom, <laughs> yeah. are you watching TikTok? I may be looking at okay. TikTok mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. time to time. You know? That may have been a TikTokism, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I don't think we have any finalists to name yet then, right? Should there's we... a link. There's links to things from Mark so Lawrence's blog. We'll link to them. Uh, okay. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Oh, here we go. There's finalists. also a YouTube page. Oh, okay. Oh, we have new. Okay, yeah. 
oh, scores we have to read for things. the finalists. Uh, looks like Tethered Spirits by T.A. Hernandez, Small Miracles by Olivia Atwater, Fire of the Forebears by L.A. Buck. Those are the three pictures <laughs> that are on that blog. This is even more confusing. All right, there's so a there's score scores. Yeah. There's a scorecard. Blogger chose as finalist, top score blogger awarded. Okay, so I see. Do we get to be a can we be a blog? Mm, can we can we be a blog? I guess we could. We'd have to read well, the books. Oh. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Gristle McNerd uh, told us that Zach Weinersmith's newest book is up for pre-order. It's a children's retelling of Beowulf, and it looks very cool. Uh, I, I'm curious to learn more. I would like to hear a children's retelling of Beowulf. Yeah. So, Grendel, the Slithy Toads. Oh, wait. No, that's not, that's, that's not Beowulf. Grendel is Beowulf, though. I think so. All right. Trike says, Wool, the adaptation of the Hugh Howie book, is officially listed on the Apple TV app. Yeah. So what does that mean? That means they created... That means someone who works at Apple TV Plus created a record in the database to make a page so that when there is a show, it can populate with descriptions and photos and episode links. But that's all that's there at this point. And there's not even... Uh, any kind of corroborating evidence on this. It's just a yeah, screenshot. This link, that link is gone, yeah. unfortunately. So I, I, you know, I believe Trike. I feel like Trike is a, is a good source. Trike saw this. Um, I would like to see the, uh, the, 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 the true evidence. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, mm-hmm. we got to double source this thing. Yep. We got to get three sources. Three sources is, uh, is typical for, for breaking news. Yeah. Like um, three princes verifiable sources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one, mm-hmm. two sources here before you, we just <laughs> then, have the one then you can publish. Yeah. But not yeah, that you can publish. Just go ahead. I mean, you could just go ahead now, but then there's a great chance that you're probably going to be misinformed. One story is true. And the other one is not. That's a very like three Never mind. Jan uh, pointed out that the Folio Society has released a beautiful new folio of The Never-Ending Story by Michael Endy, illustrated by Marie-Alice Harrell. Excellent. I love a good Folio Society publication of a thing. They're always pretty. They look good on a shelf. And uh, you know what? I never read The Never-Ending Story because I was worried I wouldn't have time. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That just... Uh, have you ever read the never ending story? I have not. No, it wasn't for a lack of time. It's because <laughs> I saw the movie a lot and it already made me very sad. And I, I did not want too. to read that yeah. as a book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 All right. Um, thank you for everyone who submitted quick burns this week. <laughs> is Mark ill? I'm concerned about Mark. How is he? Is his, is he, is he in chat? Everybody needs a, a week off. I'm sure it's fine. Okay. All right. All right. I just need, you know, I need proof of life. We had uh, from Mark. We did have yawn. Okay. All right. I just get concerned, you know? Oh, sure. Um, But uh, if you want to submit stories uh, to our Quick Burns, you can head over to our Discord channel. We have a a Quick Burns channel happening over there, or uh, we have a a whole section of Quick Burns over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser. All right. Well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. 
in the Goodreads thread about last podcast uh, episode, Ruth wrote, Veronica, you've become a witch queen with an entire murder of crows. Or it sounds like a murder of murders as your mm. familiars. Love that for you. I know. I did. I did love that journey for me. I'm actually going to skip down uh, to read an email that was going to come at the end, but I think it makes more sense to read it here at the Agreed. beginning. Um, this comes from Warren, who says, uh, Veronica, I yeah, love that journey for me. Totally agree. Um, Veronica, uh, Warren says, as a longtime Vancouver resident, after listening to the last couple of episodes of Sword and Laser, it sounds like you've moved to our fair city or thereabouts nearby. Um, I thought we should welcome you. I'm sure others have already and wanted to help clear up a couple of things you mentioned during the last two episodes. <sighs> First off, stop feeding the crows. I kind of, I kind of thought that. Remember? Yeah. 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 We talked about it. We did. We talked about it. So it's good to uh, get Warren, verification on that. Warren goes on to say uh, the BCSPSA, uh, sorry, BCSPCA is opposed to intentional hand feeding of birds like jays, gulls, pigeons, and ducks, geese, and other waterfowl, and recommends municipalities and parks strongly discourage feeding through education, bylaws, and enforcement. Uh, and there's a link to the spca.bc.ca uh, blog post. Um, I'm not sure if you spent any time at Granville Island, but they have signs out there. The crow migration, 6,000 plus birds, is a daily occurrence and one of Vancouver's most interesting phenomena. I'm not sure what part of the city you are in, about 45 minutes north, uh, but I live in the False Creek area and see the flyby every day. 150 birds is not unusual depending on where you live. Uh, here's a couple of links to help better understand what's going on. Um, if others have sent this to you already, I apologize for the repeat. Welcome to Vancouver. And let me know if there's anything else you need while you are there. Um, yeah, I I had gotten to the point now. This is Veronica talking again. Thank you, Warren, uh, for the for the information. I'm definitely going to read those posts. Um, yes. I came to the conclusion recently that this is probably not going to end well for anyone. Um, and, and though I love very much the, the feeding of the crows, um, and the giving of the gifts and the receiving of the presents, um, I, I, you know, it's probably just not a good idea. And I think that especially with what, with the, uh, putting out of attractants, you know, I, they really did clean everything up, but I didn't want to leave like smells of food around the house because it is, you know, high bear season right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to read up on these posts, but the, the, <laughs> that's when the, the migration, uh, if people don't know, that's when the bears smoke a lot of pot, high bear season, <laughs> high bear season. <laughs> it's right before hibernation. They yeah. get really just totally messed up. Um, and so I, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on board. I'm not going to feed the crows anymore. I appreciate seeing them out there in the world, but yeah, I, I got overexcited. I really have wanted a murder for a very long time, but it sounds <laughs> like crows have, um, crows have their own thing going on in this area of the world. And mm -hmm. I need to respect that and be a, a, be a good citizen of my new home. Um, so anyway, that's, that's yeah. that. Thank you for, for everyone who, who, uh, who, you know, lent their stories and suggestions. Um, I'm just going to have to, you know, just like leave no trace. I will leave no trace of, of food for my murder. Take only pictures, leave only memories, leave no snacks for crows. <laughs> or is it leave only memories, take only, take only memories, leave only pictures? Don't leave the no. pictures. <laughs> take, no. I said take it right Take only time. pictures, leave only footsteps. Yeah, because you don't leave the memories. You take you the memories. You don't leave the memories. Yeah. 
you make make only memories, take, take only, only pictures, photos, leave, leave only, only footsteps. footsteps. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Uh, All right. And that was very nicely uh, written. Thank you, Warren. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I you, appreciate it. He could have made you eat crow, but he did. He could have made me feel really bad. <laughs> he could have. You're right. <laughs> that was very nice. Uh, speaking of nice, uh, Trike uh, started a thread called Rumors About Your Hometown. Uh, said he was catching up on the Imaginary Worlds podcast. And one of the recent episodes talked about a genre called Kids on Bikes, which as you might imagine, Goonies, E.T., Stranger Things, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Stand By Me. Uh, Trike says, the thing that caught my attention is the mechanic in the game where you decide what the rumor is about the town you're playing in. He's referring to mm. Paper Girls Volume 1, I guess. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. For Imaginary Worlds host Eric Malinsky, who grew up in Boston, it was that there were secret tunnels under the houses used to hide runaway slaves in the Underground Railroad. That's why he... That's what he uses for their game. For me, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, and the persistent rumor in our town was that alien bodies from Roswell crash were kept at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Part of that is because Dayton is the Air Force town, so there are a lot of super secret things at Wright-Pat, including being the home base of Project Blue Book, the U.S. government's investigation into UFOs. Pretty mm. much every kid in Dayton has heard about Hangar 18 and the supposed flying saucer inside, and for those of us who have lived next to Wright-Pat, it was always a tantalizing possibility that aliens were right down the road. I'd never heard the Boston Tunnels thing before, and I'm curious, what rumors are there about your hometown, either where you grew up or where you live now? Huh. I don't, I can't think of any rumors like that from, so I'm from West Hartford, Connecticut. That's where I grew up. Um, I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to consult Facebook. I'm gonna have to ask, like, my, my class year group to to find out if there's any good rumors and scuttlebutt um that I'm not aware of. Yeah, I can't I can't think of anything. San Francisco had a ton, I'm sure. Um but I don't remember any of them. Um like let me see. So kind of like kind of like, what do you have anything from where you grew up? There are, there were a lot of rumors kicking around about things going on in the forests. Uh okay. we had we had a lot of forests around Greenville. Uh, yeah. and, and, uh, the, the one I remember, which I'm pretty sure my friend Todd Hutchinson made up was bed bug holler. Uh, oh. it, it was this real steep hill that went down and there were like a couple of houses at the bottom of the hill and it, you never really saw anybody go down there or come back up. <laughs> <laughs> and so there was, he, he tried to make it all, all spooky. That's the closest I could think of though. Ghosts of the Cox massacre. Uh, actually, now that I think about it, it was a, a, a family of settlers that was, that was killed. And there's mm -hmm. like, Oh, the ghosts of the Cox massacre out of there on the plains. Hmm. That's weird. Yeah. I, I'm really struggling to think of anything. I don't know. I'm sure there's something. All right. If, if you're also, if you out there in podcast land are from West Hartford, Connecticut, please, or Hartford even, let me know if there are any good spooky stories. I love spooky season. It's, it's officially, it is truly spooky season now. We are coming up on Halloween, one of my favorite times of year. So I love, I love spooky stories like this. A uh, quick post from Kelly um, at Jacquendor on Twitter said, uh, so I was catching up on episodes of Sword and Laser, and there was a discussion of the question, what is the sci-fi equivalent of Harry Potter? The discussion went in several directions, uh, as they tend to. Uh, but at one point, Tom Merritt wondered uh, uh, if what was being asked was pretty specific. Quote, 
longer series, doesn't have to be specifically seven books, progressing over the youth of the character. And Kelly says, and well, may I introduce y'all to Song of the Forgotten Stars or Song of Forgotten Stars. So if you're looking for the sci-fi Harry Potter, well, at least one way of looking at that question, I've got you covered. Or at least I like to think so because I'm just that presumptuous. Ah, Very good. Cool. You need a little presumption to get your get your stuff out there. So yes. Heck yeah. Good job, Kelly. I, I love seeing this tweet. I was like, yeah, go for it. Tell people about your stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and by the, the way, bill. if you're... If you're also an author out there, we do have a like a, a an offer share out thread on our Goodreads channel. So if you do have books that you're reading and want to promote your stuff, we have a whole thread for that. So get in there and tell us what you're writing. Arika wrote on Twitter, ready to discover your next favorite book. Sword and Laser fans will be excited to know that The Spare Man by Mary Robinette Cole releases from Tor Books in just a few days. Now, in just a few days from when this was posted, uh, I think means it's already up because that was October 9th. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I did see Mary Robinette uh, posting lots of cool stuff about Publish Day um, and hearing good things about this one as well, of course. So definitely check that one out if you need to add some new books to your TBR. Thanks, Arkin. And then we have, yeah, and then we have another post um, from Christos who says, I lost the post. I clicked on the wrong thing. No, it's the wrong link. the link is wrong. Dang. It was, what are your favorite wearable weapons in sci-fi and fantasy? And while Veronica tries to recover that link, uh, I'll try to say what my favorite wearable weapon. You know, I'm just going to go right to Star Trek, the phaser. Mm -hmm. It's like all phaser. Yeah, it's all purpose. It's easy to carry. It's got multiple settings. You can knock somebody out. You can vaporize somebody. Like, Mm. all right. So I'm going to push back on that. It's pretty classic. Well, because it's my favorite. It's you can't wearable. push it back. It's not wearable. That's a handheld what? weapon. And and where do you put a it phaser? when it's not in your hand? On a holster? Which you... I mean, is that like saying a gun is a wearable weapon? That's okay. not the so same. What, so what, what are my restrictions then? Tricorder. Now that's not Tricorder a weapon. Tricorder is a... Is, first of all, it's not a weapon. <laughs> but also you hold it in your hand. No, you touch... <laughs> You're right. I'm thinking of a communicator. A communicator. That's also, also not a not weapon. A weapon. <laughs> also like, not a weapon. Like a sword is also not something you wear when you're using it. You hold it in your hand. Would a sword be a wearable weapon? No. So what is a wearable weapon? All right. Let's see. So a Christos. <laughs> Christos says belts. Like this is all right. So. Okay. So Christos has a big list of things. And then Trike says that's a pretty comprehensive list though maybe we should be calling this wearable tools versus wearable weapons because yeah. a lot in Christos's Depends original list were kind of like tool-like. Yeah. What was that freaking cool, like really scary, um, like stabby weapon? All right, okay. So in that book where the guy is a detective, mm-hmm. the that other one, detectives- The only books that ever had have, a detective, yep have those weapons that are like whips that can like act like snakes. That was Peter F. Hamilton, right? Was that? mm, I don't think that was Peter F. Hamilton. But I know what you're talking about. It was the, there was the. It wasn't Pandora's star. It was the long um, filament. The long filament. Was it Alistair Reynolds then? It might've been Alistair Reynolds. It was the long filament. Aurora Rising. Could whip out. Oh, thank you. Uh, Aurora Rising. It it was a filament that could whip out and slice people. Yeah. And do all sorts of stuff. 
The Whip Hound. Thank you, Tom. The Homer. Whip Hound. Good one. Yes. The can whip you put hound. the link in the um, doc for me so I can look at it too? Oh, I'm sorry. No, you can't look at it. No, oh, this okay. is just for me. And I, yeah. I had to ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm putting it in the doc. I'm putting it in the doc. There you go. Thank you. Um, yeah. What else? What else? What yeah, because I want to look at what he's got here. What a wearable tool? Oh, bracelets, like ching ching, like you're deflecting things. Gloves. Those are good. Hats, keys. Okay, okay. I see what you're. I see why. Licorice in the chat count. says yeah. William Gibson and the nanowire removable thumb. I don't know about that one. Yeah. Yeah, Tamahome. I said badge, but that's not a weapon. So if we're going for tools, yes. Yes. Is the gom jabar a weapon? What's wait, that from again? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's from Dune. From Dune. But wait, the gom jabar is the box. The, so the, no. ben, the Benny Gesserit have a, a ring that they can like stab people, poison people with. That's what, that's what I'm mm, trying to think of. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's um, some gom, gom name. Jewelry. Uh, Treg says a jade from Jade City. Mm, that's kind of, that's definitely, I yes, would put that into wearable weapon category. That's yeah, a great yeah. one. Um, A lot of capes, like Dr. Strange, the cloak, his cape is definitely weapon-like, I mm-hmm. would say. Yeah, I do like Wonder Woman's bracelets and she can deflect bullets, you know. The Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, that's a fun one. That's a big one for sure. There's yeah. a lot of great suggestions here. You can here, do a so lot with an Infinity out. Gauntlet, especially if you get all the gems. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear it's a snap to use. Oh my God. God, how do you do that? Why do I do that? Uh, why? I guess why is the better question. Um, all right. Well, thank you for, for all your great feedback. If you want to send us in something for Barrier Sword, you can email us. You can tweet at us. You can... Instagram at us. We're all over the place. We'll talk about those places at the end of the show. All right. Well, let is, uh, let is, let us catch up on, uh, the book of the month. We're not wrapping up, right? <gasps> are we wrapping up? Yeah, we are. Cause it'll be November the next time we meet. I'm not prepared to wrap up. Okay. I we mean, can I do, read we the can, book, but we can I didn't do more get wrap up next time if you want, cause it is okay. a little early in the month, but should we be spoilery or not is the question. Let's not. Okay. Let's not be spoilery. No, that's all right. Yeah. I'm not ready yet. So I mean, I'm ready because I read the book, but I didn't get enough together. Be spoilery. Uh, then, okay. yeah, I don't have a lot to say for not being spoilery, <laughs> frankly. Um, I want to save my thoughts uh, on, on the uh, locations and, and everything uh, for next time. But uh, I do like this thread that you found from Tim. Go ahead. Uh, he says, I'm about 70% of the way through the book and enjoying it well enough so far. But one thing intrigued me. I believe that the book is influenced by the history and legends of South Asia. And you are right. That is absolutely true. I'm finding that overall, I personally can't really feel that influence. I'm too lazy to do much research myself, and I'm hoping some of the smart Sword and Laser members can help me. To be more clear about my meaning, if you change the names of the characters and places, I think you'd be left with a book that has enough in common with typical Western fantasy that you might not notice the difference. I'm not saying this is a Mm. problem. I'm just hoping to get some enlightenment on which bits are most heavily impacted by South Asian influence. Is it in the religions, the mothers, the nameless God, the deathless waters? Someone later in the thread says, yes, (laughs) it is. Yes, yes. Uh, Suri has said she drew inspiration from the epic Mabaharata and a historical fight for the throne. Or is it that since the main themes seem to be fighting against the oppression of patriarchy and empire, any medieval era type fantasy that leans into those ends up transcending cultural boundaries? 
there was there's some great uh, points in the thread that show some of the 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 parts of this that she has said are drawn that or she was inspired by or parallels to um, Indian culture in particular. Uh, I would like I, I I have a theory. So I would like to I would like to do two things. One is uh, if you are South Asian uh, of uh, of any part of South Asia and you can recognize something in this book that you're like, oh, this reminds me of something I learned or, or experienced growing up. Uh, let us know uh, at feedback at swordandlaser.com. My assumption is that the Western fairy tale milieu I know borrows from nearby cultures quite a bit. It borrows heavily from Arabian Nights, uh, which is a classic of the Islamic world. Uh, and I imagine it has also borrowed from South Asian stories. Uh, and, and that's not necessarily a weird thing. Uh, all the cultures that were near and communicating with each other would would borrow from each other. So when you take out the identifying marks, like the actual names of things mm-hmm. and replace them, I think it seems more familiar because well, some of that stuff did get borrowed and, and moved in between. And I think it you feel it less in Asian-inspired fiction because there wasn't as much communication. And so less of those tropes were borrowed into uh, European uh, fairy tales and, and, and mythology. That's not something I know. That's just something I suspect. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear more feedback from from people of South Asian uh, descent as well, just to just to learn more about that because I do not have a very wide range of knowledge in that area. So for me, I'm I'm really relying on people's comments in this thread who who have a lot more knowledge in that space or are aware of more of the kind of historical stories or fairy tales and and that kind of you know this you know maybe. So, for example, a great a great one is from Ruth, who says the most obvious South Asian influence that I noticed was the worship of Sati, the mother goddess who flung herself onto her husband's funeral pyre, and the accompanying uh, practice of immolation. Uh, the immolation of widows on their husbands' funeral pyres was a distinctive practice of the Hindus by uh, in early modern India, despite being banned by the by first the Muslim uh, Mughals and then the British. It seems to me that Surrey has taken this idea and run with it which to my mind is what good fantasy world building is all about. Taking something from the real world and giving it an extra push or twist to see what happens. Yeah. Um, Ian is, is saying you need to narrow the word Asian so many cultures. And normally uh, that is something I would hundred percent agree with. I was using it to mean uh, East Asian, Southeast Asian. Uh, mm. I, I was meaning it to be a collective in this case. Uh, and because everything farther east than india uh is is probably not borrowed even pakistan uh, wait uh, bangladesh uh i i think you probably don't have as much borrowing into uh, into western culture so when i said asian that time ian i i meant asia the continent except for south asia obviously because that's what we're talking about yeah 
So cool. Yeah. I would, like I said, we, we don't, we're not experts in this area. So I would love to hear more and more perspectives on that matter. Um, but I, I really loved the story. I, I mean, I think I told you that I went on and read book two in the series right away. Um, Tom, Tom is furiously having conversations in the chat as we speak. Um, but I, I really loved the story and I loved the, the characters. Um, and there's so many, so many, rich depictions of the world and of the magic that they experience and the problems that some of this magic causes and the reason, I mean, it's just, it's so fascinating to me. Um, did you listen to the audiobook? I did. And I loved the uh, narration. I thought the performance was fantastic. So I didn't, I read it, uh, with words on a page. Uh, and so can you tell me how to say our, our Anya? That's pretty close to what I remember. I, I always have a hard time when I haven't been listening to it like the moment before, but Aranya, I, I think, is how I remember it. Aranya. Okay. Okay. Um, so I was, that was the one I kept coming back to. They, they use that word a lot. And I just had a, I was like, I, I'm going to say it wrong on the show. Um, but yeah, I, I really loved it. That's, that's, I think that's probably as far as I'm going to go. Yeah, uh, today uh, non-spoilery. I will say, um, I really liked the relationships, and and I will hold to what I said last time, which is this: this seemed to be a book about relationships. And now that I'm done, uh, I've I've confirmed in that the, this is a book about family relationships. Uh, and in in that case, family and found family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and in that case, I feel like it does borrow from a lot of the the wuxia and the the sort of the the medieval chinese dramas that i've watched on tv not read uh in that they're very much about family dynamics and even found family dynamics in the sense of like somebody who's adopted but they're in line for the throne but they're not legitimate mm -hmm. i i'm i'm watching one called who rules the world uh that has that exact thing in there and i'm finding Girls? parallels uh, it turns out it's the Spice Girls. Yeah. It's yeah. a weird thing for a medieval Chinese fantasy to have them involved in the plot, but there you go. Now, who runs the world girls is mm -hmm. Beyonce. No, but it's the Spice Girls in this, in this drama. Oh, <laughs> that's I, why I didn't know. Extra I did my excuse. Sorry. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> I had no uh, idea. No, I, I certainly didn't mistake Beyonce for the Spice Girl. Oh my gosh, who would do that? <laughs> Terrible. Um, Girl okay. power. And, Girl power. And is the, yeah, okay. That, that, yes, got it. yes. Okay, okay. We're, uh, we're on anyway, the same page now. Uh, to, to, to veer us back onto the path, um, th there is something about the, the emphasis of, of interpersonal relationship and family relationship and connections in this that I, I think is different than some other fantasies in the way that it prioritizes that, mm -hmm. uh, in the story above some of the other elements of it. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Um, you still have time because I decided today wasn't the wrap up. <laughs> so if you want to read uh, The Jasmine Throne by Tasha Suri along with us, get it wherever your books are sold, bookshop, Amazon, etc., your local library. Um, and if you want to stay in touch with us, 
become one of our patrons over on Patreon. The show is entirely funded by you. Thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. You can email us feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And you can, oh, I almost did the voicemail. I don't know if that still exists. I don't think we have that anymore. You can join in on all of our discussions over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!